Righty-o, we are live. Potty, how we doing? Yeah, doing good, Grego. Doing good. Mate. How's your week been? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. So, uh, yeah, just give the uh, the listeners a bit of a, an idea on uh, what the podcast is about. So we're, we're just kicking off the, the new pod and, um, yeah, hoping to make it as, as interactive as possible for the listeners and looking to uh, talk all things sports, all the controversial stuff, get into the big questions and... Love to hear what you want to talk about. Tell us if we're gibbering. Absolutely, get on to us on that. So uh, without further ado, mate, let's get into the pod. Here we are. What's uh, what's caught your eye this week, mate? Big right. week of sport. A lot of a lot of stuff going on in the media, but oh, yeah, it's a great week of sport. Um, one of the things that was um, a rarity is, um, and it caught my eye, was uh, champion tennis player Rafael Nadal, the king of clay, has for the first time since two thousand and four found himself outside the top ten in rankings. So now, he, he, how old's he now? He'd be, he'd be 36, 37, Yeah, he'd Rafa. be 36, So he's on, he, on his way out. Yeah, I think his knees would be about 84, <laughs> I reckon, by now. But um, he's um, 2005. You think about that, that's a long time. So yeah. just, to, just to give our listeners a little bit of a, I suppose, perspective on that, in 2005, the West Tigers won the premiership. Yep, that's a, that's... That's a, a lot of perspective, that. Yeah, well, there's been some dark days since then for a poor old Tigers fan. Um, and uh, Hurricane Katrina was devastating New Orleans at the mm. time, and we all remember Hurricane Katrina and the images coming through there. Absolutely. And, of course, um, Kanye was dropping that uh, all-time hit gold digger. Oh, what a jam. What's caught your eye, Gregor? Uh, mate... Look, I'd have to say there's, there's a few things going around, but I, I couldn't go past the atrocious judging in the UFC, mate. Obviously, you you know that I'm a, a pretty big fight fan. Uh, just watching the, the fights on the weekend, there was uh, there was a, a one-way beating with Corey Sandhagen swinging the hammer against uh, Marla and Cheeto Vera. But for some reason, I've got no idea... One of the judges has scored it for Vera, so it's it's something that's popping up a lot within the UFC. Uh, the judging has been poor. I, I mean, I don't know whether it's the system of judging, but it has been terrible to say the least. And uh, that that was just it was out of this world. Yeah, well. Why? Why is it such a problem? Where? Do, what's the background of a lot of the judges? They come from boxing. Yeah, a lot of the judges. The judges, obviously, being the ten point must system used in MMA. The the facets of MMA. You've got wrestling, you know, uh, jujitsu, uh, different striking because it's kickboxing styled, or you know, um, Muay Thai styled stand up as well. Uh, it's completely different to boxing, but if it's scored in the same way as boxing with uh, a few different more facets it's it's going to be dependent on the interpretation of the judge on what they value in their own sort of idea which 
I think there are problems there, but I mean it's not getting fixed anytime soon by the by the looks of it. Yeah, so uh, it's got to be the the poor judging for me, and I mean this is costing guys victories, and this is costing you know fighters money, so it, it needs to be fixed. But and it's a rather short career, a, um, a fighter's career, I'd imagine as well. So you lose one fight, you miss out on the payday on the next, I'd imagine. So. Oh yeah, I mean it's all about progression through through your victories, and and if you're copping a loss due to a judge not knowing what they're doing, it's it's going to be pretty hard to swallow. So looking, looking, mate. Uh, if we we keep going, uh, the the NRL. There's been a lot happening around rugby league this week. Uh, so rugby league's going to probably form a, a fair bit of space within our pod. Uh, what are what are the big things that grabbed you this week from the from the world of league? Oh well, as always, um, Parramatta. They're grabbing the headlines, don't they? Good, bad, or ugly. They're always in the headlines. And um, King Gutho. He's, King Gutho. Um, He's been given his notice. Well, not really. But I, I've heard he's been given his notice. I, I, I would like to hear what a, what a Parramatta fan thinks of this situation, mate, because as a Penrith fan, uh, I, it appeared to me as though he was given his notice. So to look at it from a positive spin, and, and, and I guess as a Parramatta fan, that's what you've got to do. Um, the reports I'm reading are is that Gutho went to the club and said that we are a strike player short of um, being a real title contender. So if we can get a strike player that can play fullback, I'm happy to play anywhere. So the strike player of the team has gone to the club and gone, we need a strike player to win the title I, I or to go to the next level. Is that's he, that's the way that's the way I'm I'm looking at it. Is that's, he a strike player or is he just Parramatta's best player? Well, because he, I I would think that if you're looking at what Clint Gutherson brings to Parramatta, is when the chips are down and you're looking for a play, you're looking at Gutho. Yeah, but I think about the really um, big contenders in the club, and, and I look at somebody like the, uh, uh, sorry the club the NRL. I look at somebody like the Roosters. Twenty seconds left on the top. Uh, on the clock, Teddy gets the ball. He's fifty meters out. You think something could still happen? Yeah, I, Gutho I, I, gets the ball. Yeah, I wouldn't I'm put not that sure. past. Yeah, I wouldn't put that past Gutho. I think he's he's in definitely. If you look at the squad, he's he's you know he, himself, Moses and Brown. Yeah, they the X factor players, and you know to say oh we need another one. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I it's something smells here. It's something smells, and I, I I don't know what it is. And I'm happy to speculate as a non Parramatta supporter. But what smells for me is that how the the media got a hold of it because all over it. What you hear, it's a conversation between coach and captain, and I'd imagine the football manager. And the board. So, how does that get out? How does that get out to the papers? Oh, well, I mean, it's it's not hard. It's it's it appears very hard to keep secrets these days, anyway. But uh, yeah, so so Gutho, do you, what, what do you think the the end? What happens in the end of this one? What's what's the what's the final final tale on this story? Well, he's the captain. He signed for three years, so I, I don't think he's going anywhere. Um, I think they will sign a strike outside back at some point, whether that be Jaden Campbell, for example, who has been um, uh, in the media recently about possibly being a target for Parramatta, even though he's contracted to the, the Titans. I don't know how much contracts mean. Well, they uh, Titans, uh, yeah, yeah they've got Brimson up there, so yeah, there they could be someone in that. 
or um, I guess somebody over um, a Tigerland, a Dane Laurie or someone like Ooh, that. Dane La- I like Dane Laurie. I think he's a great player. I was absolutely, you know, I mean, that could have come up in the what's caught my attention is, well, you know, round one, Abby Corrissey, I get sat on the bench. And then, you know, by round four, Dewey's back at one and Dane Laurie, who, in my opinion, has looked like the you know, most likely player they got at the Tigers. He's sitting on the bench. I, but uh, yeah, I mean, let's let's not unwrap that uh, that beast of a package because it might explode in front of us, the old Tigers. Um, Suwalihi, mate. What's uh, I mean? Are you surprised? Nah, not surprised. That that was always going to happen. I mean, when he signed with the Roosters from South Sydney a few years ago, now as as maybe a sixteen year old. There was um, yeah, talk. He was still at, still at school, yeah. Yeah, still at school over at Kings, and um, I think uh, there was talk about Australian rugby wanting him then, and I think it was always considered a matter of time until he spent some time in rugby, especially with the money that they can throw at their uh, yeah. top athletes, similar to the way they've done in the past. Um, well, well, when Eddie Eddie Jones came in, you know, and and you've only got to listen to Eddie Jones in an interview, and you can see that he he has admiration for rugby league and you know Suwalihi Cameron Murray Angus Crichton all these players with ex-rugby backgrounds for me I thought well it's 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 a no-brainer they're gonna they're gonna go after them yeah and it'll be interesting to see whether this is um just a, a special athlete type of a deal or whether with the world cup uh the two of the British Lions coming up whether we start mm. to see a few more of the high quality league players finding their way over to rugby for a few years yeah so it's a, I mean Sue Lee it appears he's going the Sunny Bill track with the the one year rolling deals and then give himself the flexibility backing himself as the individual well yeah he play, play half the games and get double the coin it's um it's it's an option play over, see the Mate, world as well I guess you you sound like Peter Vlandis with comments <laughs> like that oh, uh, talking, you might have heard that somewhere. No, talking about swings mate talking about swings so cheese the the hectic cheese he's had a good swing on the on he the news. That, that was a, that was a piece of that so he's come out and he's you know 1.6 million for a winger you doesn't matter you're never going to beat the All Blacks quality banner I like that then Gus Phil Gould's had a swing. Basically, standing up for rugby league as Gus does. Then Wendell, he's gone. Oh well, hold on a second. Don't go cracking onto a convert. So he's had a swing. Who? Anybody else having swings? Oh, Robbo's had a swing as well. He's had a so, swing back at Gus. He's defending. He's defending Joey Suali and said, um, he, he pretty much saying that Gus has got no idea. So a good old-fashioned swingers party, we can call that. Well, Every, that everyone, sw- everyone's swinging at each other. Not sure how many of those swings hit. But um, they were um, <laughs> they, there were a lot of swing going on. Who's going to be next? Who's going to take the next swing? Oh, mate, it, it, who cares? Really, well, at the end of the day, it's it shouldn't be surprising that uh, yeah, that the Wallabies for the you know the absolute debacle they've been for the last few years that they're making a big play for for the hottest young prospect in in either code. So no surprise there. Um, what about? Uh, Coming out fresh off, off the sort of uh, streamlines and the press is Mitchell Pearce potentially heading to the Tigers. Is this just, you know, let's let's try and uh, you know kick the Tigers while they're down, or you know, I I I I don't get this this whole 
Tigers seemingly having no direction? Is it just everybody's making stuff up because they know it probably will sound like it's got an element of truth about it? Yeah, well, what it certainly sounds like is the Mitchell Moses deal is definitely done and dusted. And although that has... So has he signed with Parrot? He hasn't signed with So it's still not done. There's been nothing that's come through. I thought that was the whole thing that triggered the Gutha. Twice now. Twice now that it's come through, it's been announced that he has told the Tigers that it's not happening, but... The Parramatta have not officially announced it. So if the Eels haven't announced it, to my way of thinking, it hasn't been signed off on yet. This is... Yeah, see, I mean, this is no different to being out at the club. You've had a big night and you've got, you've got the look. You've, you've probably got the look two or three times. And then you turn around for the fourth time and she's gone. <laughs> Mitchell Moses is setting Parramatta up to disappear off the dance floor. Well, that's right. But this, um, this, um, I suppose, move by the Tigers, or apparent move by the Tigers to go after Mitchell Pearce is suggesting that they feel like they have definitely missed out on um, Mitchell Moses. Well, uh, yeah, and uh, I mean, it's no surprise because yesterday I, I, I come across an article, I, I, I don't, I'm uncertain of the source, but it was about, it might have been Fox Sports, it was about Luke Brooks, he's not really a seven. It's like, it's like they're just making shit up as they yeah. go and going, oh, well, this fits the narrative, this will this will get some eyes. But, yeah, I mean, the, the bigger picture is the fact that when, you know, you're a club like the Tigers, you, you're at the mercy of all these, you know, Yarns because you you just seem to be a basket case. You are, but in saying that, if the Mitchell Pierce uh, rumor is true and they are, going oh, the nostalgia, the, the nostalgia, well, mate. <laughs> it's it's another story in itself. I mean, if you're Mitchell Pierce, would you do it? Would you come back from playing French rugby? I mean, he's done a fair bit out. He's so he's played Origin three hundred games, won a premiership with the Roosters. So he's at Catalan at the moment, isn't he? He is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's not a bad spot down the south of France. You, you know, I mean, as long as you know you, you're keeping out of trouble. I, I mean, I, I know Mitch has had had a few issues with that in the past, but um, yeah, it's not a bad spot, and and you're out of the public eye there. You know, I mean, let's be fair for if we're if we're gonna sort of sus- or you know discuss whether it'd be worth. The juice would be the worth of the squeeze for Mitchell Pearce to come back to the NRL. I'd be saying, mate, you've been under the microscope for the best part of, you know, 14 years. Do you really need that 14, in your 15 life years, yeah. I, mate, I'd, I'd give, it a, give it a wide berth, but, you and know, from it's... A, from a Tigers' point of view, they're sitting there four games into a season saying, oh, we need a halfback. Oh, jeez, it'd be handy to have one, someone like Jackson Hastings in your ranks, wouldn't it? Yeah, well, mate, it's... I mean, they were too busy trying to chin him after the game well. two two weeks ago. But I mean, the the best way you like, regardless of what you know, you summarise with Luke Brooks. The the best way I can explain it is the fact that you look at Nathan Cleary, and then you look at Luke Brooks, and you tell me that there is not more than a two hundred thousand dollar difference in those two. Oh. But yeah. I mean, that's where they're at. That's right, and the question. You don't have to ask Luke Brooks why he's getting that amount of money. You've got well, he's not going to hand it back. No. Well, yeah, that's exactly right. You've got to ask the Tigers why he was given that sort of money in the first place. Yeah, and I mean, the, the potential was there at the time, but at the end of the day, he hasn't fulfilled it, and they still appear to be talking about this potential that he's got in his 14th season in the NRL. Yeah. 
So I might be a bit harsh there with 14. It's around that. I think it might be in the double figures, so it's not too far off. Okay, mate, game of the round. So for Thursday, you've got the, the Chooks and the Eels. Friday, Raiders, Panthers. Rabbits, Storm. Uh, the late game on the Friday. Uh, we've got the Seagulls, Knights. Dragons, Dolphins. Broncos, Tigers. Sharks, Warriors. Bulldogs, Cowboys. Out of those, mate, what's your pick? Yeah, so I've gone a little bit of a different one this week. My interesting, uh, my um, game of the round, I'm looking forward to seeing the Sharks versus the Warriors. I'm Nico Hines. Please explain. Nico Hines came back last week with an absolutely spectacular performance against the Dragons. The pass that he, um, the cutout pass that he threw, I think it was in um, late in the first half, was, oh, it, w- it was sex on a football field. It was just unbelievable. It was just beautiful. And so the Sharks are back. But the Warriors, they've been the real surprise packer for me in the early Yeah, they've been harder to pick than a broken nose, mate. They have to be been honest. Over, the last few, uh, over the last... Well, I, I think I just keep getting them wrong, but they I, I have found them difficult to tip. But I've been impressed with their um, game management and their ability to be able to play to a structure. Something that we haven't associated with Sean Johnson or the Warriors much over their career and and I oh know it's very early well, days. Well, Sean Johnson had a rebirth last week, mate. I've, I don't know if you caught the the Dogs Warriors game, but it was it was classic. Yeah. Oh, it it was um I, I did watch that game and uh, he, his performance was was top shelf, but it's the game of the round for me because I think this is going to be the first test for the Warriors this year. The first time they've really been Sorry, tested. sorry. We'll just the fourth place Warriors. The fourth place Warriors. That's you know that's that's going to raise uh, a few sort of eyebrows with that, mate. I, I'm going to have to go with the uh, the Chooks and the Eels. Now going on the other other end of the scale, the fifth place Chooks versus the fifteenth place Eels. Yeah. Wow. That, that 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 to me that doesn't sort of set that up for what I think will be the quality game of the round. Yeah. Well, you you, you learn a little bit about. Um Parramatta this week if they can come if they can come out without Junior and put on um, a similar style performance um, big a big Wiramu Greg I think taking Junior's spot in the Jeez, starting he looked team. good last week he has he yeah. has I'm a little bit worried about his engine and he, he almost broke Luai in half he when did. he when he tried to I'll tackle tell you him what, would you step mate? in front of him well I mean Luai you know Jerome threw his old body at him that's for sure yeah well and he, he did enough to stop him but I'll tell you what I think he would have been feeling in the morning yes. But uh, yeah, I mean, he lo- he looks like a, a promising forward. That uh, Wiramu Greg, he's he's yeah, he goes hard. But the Chookies are missing Joey Manu as well, so it's it's both players, both teams are, are missing a few quality cattle. So I think it's going to be a, a, a good game. So we've got uh, the Warriors Sharks for you, mate. Yep, Warriors and Sharks for me. Chook, Chooks Eels for me. We'll we'll fill in on those ones next week, mate. See how we went. Rightio, so the next part of the, the pod that we're going to move on to, and this will introduce this one, it's going to be stream of the week. So it's a part of the pod where we'll go through streaming, whether it be Netflix, Amazon Prime, any podcasts, anything documentaries-wise that we think that the listeners would be interested in. We'll put it out there and we'll put it out there the week before if you guys want to come along with us on the ride and and watch those and or follow along think. let us know what you think on the on the socials and then uh what we'll do 
is we'll talk about it the next week on the pod. So we're gonna we're gonna set set ourselves up. What's what's your stream of the week? What are you gonna check out? Uh, go to Netflix and get on a full swing. Ooh, the golf. The golf. The golf. I love my golf. It's coming up to major time. Uh, the um, uh, the Masters happening uh, next month, so we're all getting excited about that. So this this is on the back of the Formula One series. Yeah, is this in the, the same back of the style? Formula One season, yeah. uh, series and the tennis series as well, I believe. I haven't. I, I've seen the uh, yeah big one on the uh, on the Formula One, but I haven't. I haven't seen the uh, what do they call the the tennis one? That was. Can't even remember. No, I can't remember what the tennis one was called, but apparently that's pretty good. Yeah, but Drive to Survive has, has changed the direction of you know viewership for the Formula One, so well, I think they're onto something. It all started with Amazon Prime and the uh, All or Nothings. So yep. I'm a big fan of those, so yeah, I'll, I'll definitely check that out too, mate. Full swing. Full swing. Follow that follows the 2022 season, and as we know, there were some significant changes in the world of golf with um, mm. Live emerging. Last year, so get in on it, watch us, let us know what you think. Well, for my stream of the week, mate, you can blame the YouTube algorithm and the ads that they throw you away because I saw a trailer for a movie called Cocaine Bear. Oh, I've seen that one come up as well. <laughs> Cocaine Bear, <laughs> the party bear. Cocaine Bear. I, I don't know. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna just assume that uh, the the plot is in the title. Um, it may potentially be the prequel to The Revenant. I don't know, but I, I've watched The Revenant. Great film. Leo looked like he had his hands full. Um, you know, I, I don't know if there is any connection there, but I look forward to reporting back to the uh, listeners next week in relation to, to Cocaine Bear. So interesting fact that I know about it so far is it was Ray Liotta's last uh, performance before he passed. So... The great Ray Liotta, if he's in it, I mean, come on, it's got to be quality. Well, I'm I'm all over it just for Ray, and you know the fact that it is loosely based on a true story. Well, loosely based on a true loosely. is 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 loose the key word in that? It cocaine bear with loose in it. I, I don't know if that's a play on words. Well, <laughs> wait, wait, and we should uh, we shall find out next week. Uh, so yeah, so the two streams of the week. Cocaine Bear for, for myself, Full Swing for Potty. Uh, if you want to check them out and get a, give us a report and if you listen to us next week and, and you think that we're, we're off the mark with it, give us, give us a bit of curry and the socials. So uh, nextly, next, mate, we're going we're gonna to start to look, look at the bit of the football. Now, international break. International break. Absolute bludger. Um, I'm going to throw the question out there, mate. International breaks, before we get into what's happened in the international break, does it just frustrate the fans? Or do you think maybe the idea of the international break is something that, you know, rugby league could take on? We've tried it a bit, but what do you reckon? Well, it's something that I think is potentially worth exploring because every year we seem to get to that period where we're uh, enthralled with origin and that's where we're paying it all our seems attention. full like the 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 you know the, the calendar's full it, it appears does. it does but does the quality of the football in the rugby league competition the nrl start to slip away a little bit well there's an there's an argument around the origin series with the with the injuries and the players missing that you know there is a there is a slip in the in the product but is that the time then to throw it in i, I don't know but well i think if it was ever going to work you'd have to shorten the season so 
Uh, it's not 27 rounds, but I think the NRL season spans over about 27 weeks mm. this year. Now, that's a long time. And you've got to fit in the players' holidays, which are in their um, agreements, and you've got to fit in internationals at the end of the year. Um, I mean, I get you would slot those in in the middle of the year, but then yeah. you're leaving England. Look, so, look, look, see, if we could bring it back to the football, I'm a Champions League man. I, I love the, the concept of the Champions League. I would like to see a Champions League in Rugby League. Yeah. So uh, something similar to that. So, But what would that... That's obviously contrary to what you're saying there, where the the calendar's too full and there's too much footy. I'd be I'd be campaigning for more. So, but, but you could put more different footy in and shorten up the actual NRL competition. Yeah, I mean, I, I the way I've I've sort of suggested it around the water cooler would be the fact that in the Champions League you'd be having the fortnight group stage being played and then. On the back end, you'd have the finals in a fortnight, and you'd just give the other teams a rest. And so it'd be the, that time. it'd be the English Super League and the um, yeah. So the top four yeah. of each yep. qualify for the Champions League the following year. Prize money, prize money. Well, you got to have prize money. See, we're going to go on a tangent here. So my suggestion would be if you had the prize money, if we've got an extra thirteen million to throw at an extra franchise in the NRL. Put it into the Champions League. The the UK Super League's battling over there. Yeah. However, they've come over in the summer and they've won the World Club Challenge here. Perhaps well, I mean, an opportunity to stimulate the game over there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, but, I mean, that's we could do a whole other podcast on that. And well, maybe some of our listeners could give us some feedback on that. What do you reckon, Champions League? Or even you might have some other ideas that you, you could think you could help, you know, develop the international game. I'm, I'm old school. I... Kangaroo tour, early nineties, waking up at six six in the morning. You know, I'm a big fan of international rugby league, but throughout my lifetime, it has fallen into the uh, into the Great Britain putting a team together. Mate, Gary Schofield, sixty two field goals in one game. You know, just he he loved it. Uh, You know, so that that's the footy that I I enjoyed as as a young kid. So, I mean, I've seen it fall behind Origin quite significantly but I'd, I'd love the international game to go again and and i think the fact that we've got so many polynesian players um in the game there's there's plenty of room there for development of those countries as well agreed right yeah we, we've we've digressed well and truly away from that from the football but the big stuff there the socceroos traded results against ecuador so um that's about as interesting you got from an international perspective for us down under here but um, big news today coming out of the Premier League, uh, Fergie and, and Wenger in the Hall of Fame. Well deserved, well deserved. So um, part of um, two very successful uh, teams, um, but at, at the beginning of the Premier League. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's, that's when, you, when you're dropping Hall of Fames, we get carried away. Yeah. You know, we get carried away and we go, oh, well, you know, the great players, like, oh, Messi, Ronaldo, they're the greatest of all time. I was like, well, tell me more about Maradona. Yeah. Like, you know, tell yeah. me more about these players in the past that you didn't watch, you know, and, and we, we are, you know, we do have short memories when it comes to that stuff. But, you know, Fergie and uh, Wenger are the two first managers to go into the Premier League Hall of Fame, which is an absolute no-brainer. Their rivalry throughout the, the 90s and early noughties was, was nice to touch them going massive. At the same time. 
Yeah, I think so. And I think as you as you've seen them throughout their career and and when they speak about each other, they they're very very complimentary. So I think it was, although it was a very very heated and tense rivalry throughout that time, I, there's absolutely bundles of respect between the two. So they join Alan Shearer, Thierry Henry, Eric Cantona, Roy Keane, Frank Lampard, Dennis Pergamp, Stephen Gerrard, and David Beckham in the Premier League Hall of Fame. Now, I think you could argue, and this is me being obviously being a Man United man, that you could pretty much have Arsenal and Man United from the the 90s filtering through the Hall of Fame. That's that's what it was about. Yeah, and it I guess it depends on what the their vision is for the Hall of Fame um, and how exclusive they want to make that Hall of Fame. Well, I, I think if, when you look at what they've got in there so far, is I think really, and me being, you know, maybe a bit harsh, but maybe to just telling it how it is, Alan Shearer is probably the only one that I see gets in before, you know, Frank Lampard doesn't get in before Paul Scholes. You know, you can't tell me that Steven Gerrard was better than Patrick Vieira in his prime. You know, like we're... It's basically, they've probably gone and they've rolled out the idea of a Premier League Hall of Fame going, hold on a second, the Premier League only started in 91. Oh, crumbs. We've backed ourselves into a corner here. We're only going to have Man United and Arsenal players. So they've tried to spread it out a little bit. Oh, I, I think that's you know, and obviously the the Liverpool. And you're not suggesting that well, Stephen Gerrard and Frank Lampard wouldn't have been in there at, at some stage. Well, I mean, Stephen Gerrard, I mean, a Premier League Hall of Fame, someone who's never won it. Obviously, I mean, he, he deserves it, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah well, that's right. <laughs> I just no, assume, I, um, I would just, I just assume Frankie Lampard was in there for his stint managing Everton. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, yeah, in Frank we trust, hey. But, uh, yeah, they got rid of Frank and they decided to roll the dice, as they would say. Roll so, the dice. Absolutely. Another minute too soon. So, yeah, so the Premier League Hall of Fame, I love the idea. Um, I think it's fantastic that uh, Fergie and Arsene Wenger have been inducted. And together, I think it's very uh, it's it's very much in order and I, I, I like it. So that's that's all that's happening in the in the world of football so far with the, with the international break. This is Democracy Manifest. So the next part, mate, we've got the, the big hitter, the Integrity Report. Mm. So just a bit of an explanation on the Integrity Report. The Integrity Report is a derivative of the Integrity Unit that we know in the NRL that deals with all things skullduggery, deviance and the like. So, and the players have really been letting us down lately as far well, as this topic is concerned. Absolutely. You would think that, you know, if it was the off-season, they'd be out playing up like a second-hand lawnmower and it'd be fantastic. But mid-season, it's a bit hard there, you know, especially early in the no season. No one's got injured out in the drink. Nobody's... Yeah, and it's been quite... And, the, you know, this isn't just strictly Australian sport. You know, we, we've got, you know, large reach with the integrity report. We want to hear it all. Yeah. And, you know, even over in the States, they've been pretty quiet. They have yeah. been. They have we been. need somebody in a strip club pulling well, out a gun. I mean, it's the, the NFL's done. It's the off-season. Time to let your head down, boys. You've worked hard. Absolutely. And you can't, you, you know, collective bargaining. You can't even go to training. So yeah. it doesn't matter. Go yeah. out. Go and play up. Come on. So the Integrity Report uh, 
you know, I'm, I'm going to be brutally honest. It's pretty boring this week, but we'll, we'll roll with it anyway, mate. Who you got? Mate, I've got uh, the Dragons. Dragons giving Hook the half hook. I mean, the, the left hook or... Oh, well, i tell you <laughs> what. Would, would knock the skin off a custard. It was just... They've decided that Hook isn't the man for them moving forward. Have they... No, I hadn't heard that. I'd just heard he'd asked to reapply. Oh, well, that's right. He has been asked to reapply for his job. So as the great Lloyd Christmas said, you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> you're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> uh, I just think the Dragons, come on, guys, show some backbone, show some integrity. If he's not your man moving forward, make that decision now. Say, mate... We're going out, we're looking for somebody else. We want a new coach starting next year because we don't think you're putting in place um, the right systems, the right methods to get us being successful moving forward. But instead what they've said is, oh, we're going to give you a fair chance. We're going to let you reapply and we're going to you know, see how you go over the next six weeks. I mean, if he wins the next six weeks in a row, is, is it a great idea to, to give him a contract extension based on those six weeks and forget the last two or three years? Yeah, it, it doesn't... And I think he's a good coach. It doesn't show, show direction. I mean, for me, it's like, you know, if I walked in to the land room and said to my wife, you know, oh, how about we, you know, hang out tonight because the boys aren't home? Well, you know, like, or, or the... You know, I, I my mean, mates aren't answering their phone, so do you want to hang out tonight? Yeah. Imagine how that would go down. That's how... That's a little balloon right there. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, so hook getting the hook. Uh, my integrity report is going to be a big question mark. Were Manly robbed? The forward pass. Well, no, they weren't robbed. <laughs> nobody but, would nobody would say that that about Manly. <laughs> but they got that call wrong. It was awful. It was a disgraceful call. It was the second week in a row where there's been a um, call like that there was one in the Parramatta versus Manly the week before Gutherson and RCG and both of them clearly on the replay showed that they were backwards Grego surely they've got the tech out there where they could where, where, that they could utilize to make sure we're touch not judges one. touch judges but oh, it, touchies. you know I mean is yeah. there is their job to run shuttles up and down the the sideline and, oh. and look pretty or well, they're, they're, they're the decorations on the Christmas tree mate they're not really doing too much it's that wagging the flag in the air when a goal goes over are they so so let's go for a bit of history on it 97 I believe yeah, 97 I so. 97 the video referee was introduced Super League was yep. was the real kick off of that we can't adjudicate on the forward pass because we don't have the technology yep. you know if we look around the world we look at football we've got VAR you know, you got Hawkeye in the tennis. You got, you know, I mean, a referee's going back to the football. A referee's watch can vibrate to tell you that a ball's crossed the line. Yeah. But we can't rule on a forward pass in the NRL, which is just frustrating, everyone. Frustrating the fans. So I, I can't see. I mean, if Raheem Sterling's big toe is offside, and he gets called back and chalked off a goal in the which pre- they're doing in the re- Premier League, which they're doing regularly. How can we not? rule on a forward pass oh it's a must it's gotten to the stage where it's a must because it's been highlighted they've either got to stop showing replays which they're not going to do or they've got to they've got to bring in the tech mainly the only reason i say they weren't robbed is because um uh they had time to to get the game i thought you were going to say because they're mainly well that's the other (laughs) thing and i couldn't really care less whether they were robbed or not (laughs) 
mate, that, that's one of those things. I, I mean, everyone hates Manly, but I, I don't know why. It's just I think it's because everyone's told me that everyone hates Manly, so we've got to hate Manly. But uh, yeah, I look. I'm going to say yes. They were, they weren't robbed because I tip South. <laughs> but they were, they were let down by, by the official. Oh, oh mate, I'm, I'm having an absolute bludger this year. But they were let down by the officials, and the officials probably should answer for that by, you know, going and letting down someone in the New South Wales Cup this week. Because yeah. <laughs> that's how it works, you know. If, you, if you're too shit to referee in the NRL, you've got to go and be shit elsewhere. Must make them feel good down in the New South Wales Cup. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, oh, oh, thanks for coming down here and being shit. <laughs> All right, mate. So looking at the, the other sports around, anything else uh, caught your eye, mate? Oh, the AFL, the mighty Sydney, Sydney Swans are um, on top, start of the season well. Haven't faced the top echelon of competition just yet, but that caught my attention. They've started the season very well. Had a big win with our buddy the other day. and uh, Mate, I just heard they were top, yeah. and I thought that's enough for me. I'll check out of that. And Geelong, the reigning champs, mate, they've started the season with two losses, so... Take from that what you will. Swanee's the premiers, Geelong wooden spooners. I, I don't think so, but give them what what they call it. give them the flag. Give them the flag now. So do they? Do they give them a flag? Is that is that what they get? They give them like a team flag, like one of those five dollar jobs you get at the gift shop. On yeah, the I, I don't know, mate. Um, yeah, you you sort of if it's not a trophy that that we're referring to, if it's if you're calling something that you could drink out of a flag, you know, going oh they got the flag. You know, you probably lost me. But anyway, that's that's me on AFL. So, um, you know, definitely punters if you're out there and you, you want to have a crack or you want to hear more AFL and you want to he- hear more of my misery about it, give us a shout-out. Make sure you do, guys. Just give us enough time to do a bit of a, a, a Google search on what's happening. And that chat GPT, that new AI system, I heard it's pretty good. They might uh, be able to derive me a bit of an analysis. So, mate, um, I, I definitely... Something that I I did catch was the uh, the UFC fight night. Uh, I mentioned it before with the the terrible judging. Yeah. Vera versus Sandhagen. It was a ripper of a fight. Corey Sandhagen, you know, was just he was too dynamic. The Cheeto Vera is known for being slow to start, but Sandhagen's footwork was it was Mickey Mouse. He was switching up his stance. He was really keeping Vera guessing. Um, like I said, it was a one-way beating with Sandhagen swinging the hammer, but some. Uh, well, Joel Ojeda, that's that's the referee's name. Joel Ojeda, and I'm, I believe I'm getting the Spanish pronunciation correct. Had it 48, 47 for Vera. If you get a chance, you got the KO Sports subscription. Uh, you can get it on the replay stream. Go and check it out. Um, it's an absolute bludger of a decision, but a good fight nonetheless. Um, also, too, Holly Holm, the great Holly Holm from... Where, where do you know Holly Holm from, Potty? You're not the biggest fight fan. Knocked out Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey. The she, undefeated Ronda Rousey. So for those of you who aren't the biggest fight fans and have heard the name Holly Holm buzzing, she's the one who kicked Ronda Rousey's head into Rosette of Marvel Stadium a few years back. But she... Uh, she had a fight on the weekend uh, against Santos, and she put on an absolute clinic. However, I was left nothing short of frustrated. Again, which led straight into the judging with the UFC in their broadcast, mate. They, they put the tweets up of these peanuts who are on there, who obviously got a blue tick. So the first round, Holly Holmes won the round clearly. 
you know, I, I had it 30-27 for her straight sets, you know. Some peanut's gone on there and has gone, oh, geez, Santos, she push, pushed the pace and 10-9 Santos. I'm like, this is where the problem is. You know, the, the, are the judges watching your tweets, mate? Because it was nothing short of Santos pushed the pace because that was her, obviously, her game plan. Holly Holmes, defensive wrestling, reversed the position, got her down and, you know, beat her up. For those three she comes rounds. comes from a boxing background, doesn't she? World champion kickboxer. Yeah. You know, she and she moves really well. Obviously, um, you know, Santos's idea was to get out there, push the pace, get her up against the cage, make it dirty. But Ollie's defensive wrestling was too good, and she put on a clinic. But, you know, that that was really... And I, I think I was on one after that. So once I would saw that, and I was like, mate, you, you're a moron. Who I, I can't remember the gentleman's name who, who popped up on the on the broadcast but then it went into the next fight i was like oh this is why we've got a problem you know we're publishing tweets as a broadcaster saying that it's going one way and then the judge goes the other way even though the judge was clearly wrong you know and this is where we're, we're tying ourselves in knots as fans last um great fight from holly home well she's on her last title run yep. you know there's there's no doubt about 41? it 40 41 41, yeah, and, you know, still looking good, but is she, is she going to be, you know, good enough to, to compete with the, the top in the, in the division? I, I don't know, but this will, this will definitely be her last run, but an amazing career nonetheless, and she keeps keeping on. We're in a holding pattern this week for the fights, though. Um, 287, so, so no card this week, but 287 the week after. Uh, Pereira versus Adesanya, the rematch. However, there's some big news um, coming out that has been released. It's come from Paulo Costa, who is a middleweight contender. He's just recently signed a new deal with the UFC. Um, apparently, he's being paid pretty handsomely as well. I don't know if it's fake news, mate, but have you seen the tweet? He's mentioned that Israel Adesanya is out of UFC 287. It's not confirmed. It's come directly he's from him. Mischief. He's apparently done the, the greatest mischief. He's fractured his clitoris. <laughs> now, obviously, this is a piss take, but if that is not the best, the X-rated shit houseery, it is. It is how good is that? And he, he's, you know, he's obviously a royal knob, Paulo Costa. <laughs> but it's uh, you can't help but but get a crack out of that. So, for those of you who are unaware of the history between Costa and Adesanya, they fought. Israel, you know, beat the brakes off him and then proceeded to dry hump him after the ref had called the fight. So there, there is a bit of, bit of bad blood, but, you know, if Israel can get the, uh, get the win up, uh, I, you know, with the chatter and the entertainment that goes with it, I wouldn't mind seeing those two fight again. Certainly sounds like one to catch when it comes up. Oh, mate, you talk about talking yourself into a fight. That's, that's one way of doing it. That, that's that, how that, you make money in that industry. Absolutely. So he said, but he, regardless, um, Costa, he's keeping his name on the lips of the top dogs anyway. Uh, the other fight that I'd, I'd be looking forward to for that, we'll, we'll cover it a bit more as we get closer next week, would be Masvidal and Gilbert Burns. That'll be a banger. So keep an eye out for that, guys. Um, final thing with the fights, mate. Final thing. And I'm going to roll it back into the league. Did you see the Jack White and Stitch up? We've we've yeah, retweeted it on the uh, on the socials, mate. He's been uh, he's been sin binned. Explain to the punters what's happened. 
Oh, Jacks, uh, he's been sinbinned. He, he's obviously very disappointed. Um, it was his uh, second infraction of the game, so he probably knows he's going to be spending a bit of time on the on the sideline. As he's walking up the tunnel to serve his penance in the sin bin, young fan has stuck his hand out for a, a young Nova Castrian. A young Newcastle fan just wanted a nice high five from Jack Wine. And Jack, being the upstanding player that he is, you know, wanted to make the fans day, give him a high five. And just as he went to uh, re, um, re, hit the high five, the young fella's pulled it away no, and run his hand through his head. He's hair. gone for the old comb trick. He has. Mate, he has. how good's that? So um, I saw that on the game. Yeah, I was watching it. However, I then was on the socials later on and I saw a similar circumstance but where it can actually really go wrong. Now, Marab Davishvili. Okay, I think I, I think I've butchered that. So, 135-pound fighter in the UFC. He's had a massive win last week. Training partner of Aljamain Sterling, the, the current bantamweight champ, who's fighting Henry Cejudo. He's, he's got to be the next champ. He's, he's hot property at the moment. He absolutely beat the brakes off Peter Yarn. He's walking out of the arena the other day. And I don't know if you've seen this video. So he's walking out and a bloke is just giving him this curry, talking about you've got to fight your mate. So oh. he's best mate, he's teammates with Aljamain Sterling. And this, this punter's just up on the, on the bleachers just going, oh, you know, you need to fight Sterling. Oh, the safety of the bleachers. Thought well, the done. safety of the bleachers, it, it wasn't really, to, in my opinion, it wasn't really bad what he was saying to him. But, you know, Marab wasn't having it. So he's climbed up the scaffold, Marab, Rather and he has, he has gone after him. And <laughs> due to the interventions of the other public, Marab hasn't made it all the way up to the scaffold because he was going up there to do this fella. Yeah, well, that have been um, that have been quite terrifying, I imagine, for that fella. Well, I mean, it's it's you know when you poke a bear through the cage. But as you said, was it a poke or was it just a? Oh, I I don't think it was, but you know he, yeah, I mean, we we all think we've got the safety of of. Well, Fandom. I certainly would have thought he was climbing up there. Certainly not as quickly as he did. Well, I mean, you you must say the bloke got out of there pretty quick. Yeah, well, so I'm that's not blaming it, him for that. That's on the on the socials page, guys. On the on the Twitter page, if you want to check out that video. Um, yeah, Marabi, he, he he wasn't happy, and he was going after him. But um, glass half full, mate. We give rugby league players a bit of grief at times. We say they're not, you know, they're not men of the people. But that surely shows that, regardless of it, Jack Whiten's a bit more of a man of the people than Marab. Because oh, wow. Marab was going to rip the head off the people, and Jack just copped it sweet. Yeah, he did. He copped it sweet. And, yeah, it, it was a 10-year-old kid, so probably his best play. But, yeah, he, he copped it. He well, he definitely it. would have won the fight if he got over, well, you over the fence. So. Yeah, well, you never know. He that. might be looking at a bit more than the two-week ban he's got at the moment, though. Well, the, the, the young fella, he obviously showed a slick set of hands when he when he was pulling back for the head comb. So we and did, he's we, been claiming all that, all that all week at school, I'd imagine. Oh, absolutely. Well. well, let's just say if he tried that on Marab... <laughs> there was a lot less grandstand there, and I reckon Marab would have got his lunch money for the next decade if he got a hold of him. He'd have hurdled over that. <laughs> All right, mate. So the the next part of the pod uh, that will make a regular appearance each week is the the three leg multi, mate. 
um, the three-legged multi of the week. So we're going to have a bit of a competition here. So each we week... We do love a pun. Yeah, we'll have a, have a bit of a flutter. Ten bucks is our maximum spend on a multi, three-legged multi. So it's all open. You can go three favourites if you're weak. Uh, you can go for as as luxurious as you want in terms of the the legs. And then we're going to do a bit of a calculation, mate. We'll we'll see who's at the end of the season who's got the uh, who's got the most dough in the bank. Any sport, any sport, mate. It's open to anything. And I I say season loosely because there is no season, so we'll just keep building it up and until somebody, I mean, fails miserably or we run out of money. Well, you know. So hopefully, hopefully, a bit longer than than a couple of weeks. Well, with interest rates, mate, we might run out of money sooner, or we might laughing all the way to the bank you never know so um with the three-legged multi of the week guys we want you to get involved as well so on twitter instagram if you want to dm us send you through screenshots of your your third leg and um yeah we, we'll try and get the best ones of those out any big winners we'll we'll you know call those out on the podcast each week as well to get you guys involved get amongst it get amongst it so final part of the pod is the penis of the week, mate. This is the the grand hurrah each week. And it's basically the time where we just reflect on who has been the biggest penis this week. And it can be absolutely anyone. We can go into the broader society with this one if it it really uh, requires. But penis of the week, pretty self-explanatory, mate. Uh, Who's your penis this week? Oh, well... I've stuck with the rugby league uh, theme this week, and uh, for me, there was just no other option but Ryan Madison. Matto, I'm a Parramatta fan, and I love your work on the field, but taking that three-game suspension at the end of last year um, for your crusher tackle in the grand final, instead of paying... Inflation. Well, (laughs) instead of paying his $4,000, even though he's on a fairly hefty contract. Yeah. Yeah, mate, you, you... wasn't happy about it. I don't think your teammates would have been particularly stoked with it, especially given the way the results went. Well, I, I think the the salt that was rubbed into the open gash, we won't call it a worm, we'll call it an open gash, was the fact that he then said that he tried to change his mind. Yeah. Thought I he mean, knew the system better than the NRL and thought he could serve it during his uh, trial matches. Oh, mate, it's, you know... The thing I don't understand about that is it was a three-game suspension, and there were only two trial matches, so he was still going. He was still he was still missing one, yeah, Uh, mate. So yeah, I I think everyone's had a pretty good laugh over that throughout the off season, Madison, and think he was happy to get back playing some footy last week. I think so, mate. Yeah. So obviously, uh, you know, and there has been suggestions I've just thrown out there that Madison probably still does have his dollar amount mine account from from (laughs) primary school. I mean, if he if you see Ryan Madison around the streets of Parramatta in between training sessions and um, he's popping in for a coffee and he opens up that yellow Velcro wallet with, uh, with dolomite dollars in it, you, you let us know because he sounds like a real saver. <laughs> All right, Grego, what about you, mate? Who mate, are your penis my, of the week? My penis of the week is pretty simple. Anyone who is upset that Joseph Sualuhi has signed with rugby, give yourself an uppercut, you penis. It was, it, you know... Far out. That's like a swimmer getting upset that they got wet. You know, he's just... He's the young, hot property. Rugby is in a terrible state, you know. Very good coin thrown his way. Absolutely. It's a no-brainer. And the fact of the matter is, we say it all the time, 
as fans of rugby league, and we are fans of rugby league. That's our that's our our main game. We have plenty of players coming through. The uh, the production line is just keeps on coming. You know. Yeah, we're, we, we've lost players before. We've lost Israel Blau, Carmichael Hunt. We've lost Wendell, Lottie, Matt Rogers back in the day. There are players that replace these players, and, and the, the show will go on. And at the end of the day, he is not breaking a contract. And as a as an Australian sports fan, jeez, I'd, I'd love to see the Wallabies win again. Oh, well. It'd be nice. Yeah, it might be a bit of a far reach to win over in Eden Park, but... What is it? Twenty years since they've um, won the Bledisloe. Mate, I, yeah, it, I, it makes me makes me very very sad to even think of it, mate. I, I think when I think Bledisloe, I don't know if I'm just deluded. I just think of John Eels kicking the winning. John Eels kicking the winning goal. I think that's that's pretty much where we're all stuck. We're like in a time warp. But I could name you more Australian rugby players back then that I could now. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting one that. Um, you know, I, I think the broadcast deals have a have a lot with that. You know, I mean, we don't get it, the exposure that we did, um, that we got back then in terms of, in terms of seeing. Probably linked to success, though. Well, oh yeah, that's true, mate. But I mean, this is us looking back um, with rose tinted glasses to Gordon Bray on on Channel Ten, Timmy Horan, George Gregg, and all 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 the greats. So, but yeah, Deepo. I yeah, absolutely. Um, I th- I think it's a positive for Rugby Australia. They need it, you know. After the debacle of Israel Folau and after the years that they've had, there's no doubt that there's enough talent around our country to service rugby league and rugby union at a high level. So, you know, they're gonna if they're gonna go between the two, good luck to them. If you're upset about it. As the great Justin Timberlake said, cry me a river. Like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> but anyway, so, yeah, anybody who's, who's brutally upset uh, with Joseph Sewell he's signing with rugby, you are the penis of the week. All good, mate. So that's seen us through, eh? Wow. Yeah, first, one, first one done. Um, for anyone who's, who's on, the, uh, on the social pages, Twitter, Instagram, let us know how we go. Uh, let us know where we can improve. Give us some critical feedback. Get amongst it. Let us know what you want to hear from us. Absolutely. And uh, we, we would like to get you guys involved in it as well. So we throw some questions out there. Get amongst it. And we'll we'll try and get your, your opinions and your ideas on the pod as well. Awesome, Grego. All done, mate. All right. Cheers, Radio, mate. Stick with us, guys. Absolutely. So the tagline for this week's episode is we don't know what we're doing. So uh, it's onwards and upwards from here. Good night, Australia.